Welcome to the Mount Zion Wesleyan Church Podcast. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to step into the life God has for you. For more information about our church, visit us online at mountzionwesleyan.com. Good morning, good morning. It is good to see Scripture tells us let everything that has breath praise the Lord, which means... You're qualified, all right? So that's a good thing. In fact, let's give the Lord some just praise this morning. Come on, church. He's been better to you than that. Wherever you're joining us this morning, praise the Lord. Hey, we are so glad that you have chosen to join us for a time of worship and for a time of celebration. And as we have walked into 2021, we are kind of turning our focus as a church collaboratively to habits. Why? Because habits will ultimately determine our destination. Habits build character. And ultimately, what we want to do is we want to live a life of virtue, a life that is pleasing to God. Ultimately, what we want to do is each and every day, step after step, step into the life that God desires and has for us. And this happens, once again, one day at a time, one step at a time. We are living in this season, if you have yet to notice, of tension. And the tension simply defined, it's because we are all aware that Christ Jesus came. And he he came as a baby. And one day, he, he will return. And although he may have come in with a sigh and with a whimper, with a cry, one day he will come back with a roar. And on that day, the sky will part, the trumpet will sound, and every heart will be made whole and every heart will be healed. And one day, every tear, it'll be wiped away. One day, the longing that exists in your heart and in my heart, the tension that dwells there deep that we wake up and we just, we're just longing, one day that will all be fulfilled. But until that day, we have a work to do. We have a gospel to proclaim. We have a kingdom to represent. We have a God, a Lord, to be ambassadors for. We have opportunities to love our neighbor. We have opportunities to be the hands and the feet of Christ Jesus. And this happens one day at a time, one step at a time, one decision at a time, one dollar at a time, one conversation at a time, one meal at a time. But we don't like the process, do we? We love instant gratification. We love the Instagram kind of life where you can see what's happening in someone's life right here, right now. We will sacrifice good coffee for instant coffee, which should be a punishable offense, okay? But we will do it. We will have our meals right now 
even at the sake of good food, we enjoy and we have come to expect this highlight culture, this here, this now, this immediate kind of life. Recently, I was looking at my phone and scrolling through it and an article came up, seven steps to instant abs. I read it. I read it, you know, because if I can, if I can get instant abs in seven steps, I, I'm curious, I, I will do that. If the article would have read or would have been entitled, you know, 300 days of torture of hard work, I wouldn't have read that. But seven steps to instant abs, I'm interested in that. And so much of our life is spent trying to get instantly what only can happen over a distance and over an extended amount of time. And this is why habits are so important because habits, it is the pathway to character. Merriam-Webster defines a habit as a settled tendency or a usual manner of behavior. In short, a habit, it is our normal way of living, our normal way of being, the rhythms that we have established in our lives and in our hearts. Now, this is important because habits, they build character. They build virtue. In N.T. Wright, he says that virtue is what happens when wise and courageous choices become second nature. And why is this important? Because ultimately, habits will lead us to our destination. If you drive 130 miles an hour down the road for an extended amount of time, eventually, you will come to the harsh reality of that choice. If you sleep around before marriage, you will come to the reality that apart from an emotional connection and a God-honoring relationship, there is no such thing as good sex. If you refuse to let go and hold on to unforgiveness, you will learn what it's like to live a life of regret, of bitterness, of anger, and none of this, to live a virtuous life, to live a life that is honoring to God, it doesn't happen instant. It takes time, intentionality, consistency. You see, Jesus, he lived a ministry of reality, and he was constantly leading and calling out the things that exist in us that we rely on and that are toxic to us. You see, Jesus knew that transformation does not happen from refraining from actions or activities. Transformation, it actually happens by moving towards something Dallas Willard says that one sign of maturity that we are growing in our relationship and our likeness with Christ is the thoughts 
that no longer occur to us. So if you have your Bibles, if you will turn to Luke chapter two, we're gonna be again in verses 41, and I know what some of you are thinking. Isn't Luke chapter two the Christmas story? No, there's actually more to it. And in verse 41, we see Jesus as a 12-year-old boy, and we're going to learn the rhythms and the habits that are instilled in Jesus, that he models for us, that ultimately lead him to living a God-honoring life, a life in which he can hear from the Father, this is my son, whom I am well pleased. Luke chapter three, throughout the remaining gospel, there is, 10, or there is 1,000 days of public ministry that has lived out before us. And we know a lot that happened in this 1,000 days. But between Luke chapter two and Luke chapter three, there are 10,500 days. 10,500 days of obscurity that we know very little about. But I believe that Luke chapter two, beginning in verse 41, it begins to reveal what happened in these 10,500 days, what we can learn from them. So verse 41, every year Jesus's parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. This word usual, it indicates behavior, indicates a habit. Now Jesus, pausing here, was traveling from Nazareth to Jerusalem. This is not just this simple, you know, day hike. This is 98 miles. And the community would gather together in this caravan of sorts. And they would travel as a family, 98 miles. Now you think 98 miles, that's not a big deal. That's like driving to Boone. But when's the last time you walked it? And this is what Jesus and his family had to endure. This is what they had to do. And certainly by this time, Mary and Joseph would have other children of their own that they would have to gather and take care of. They would travel as a community. So this was not an easy journey. This was not easy steps that were taken, but it were steps that were taken intentionally. It was steps that were taken knowing that they were important. Why? Because every step we take matters to God. And either we are moving towards obedience or we are stepping towards disobedience. In Luke chapter four, verse 16, we see on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Once again, establishing this habitual behavior, this habit that took place. Jesus knew the importance of rhythms. He knew the importance of next steps. Jesus knew the importance of faithful living living a life that it was obedient to the Father, every decision matters. Continuing to read, after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. 
His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. Now, you may look at this and you may think, these are neglectful parents. With social services, were they involved in this? But remember, they would travel as a community. And Joseph and Mary just assumed that he was with his cousins, that he was with other friends or with other family members. Continuing to read, but when he did not show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and their friends. And when they could not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And I think the reason it probably took them three days is because they did not think to look for him in the temple. If your child got lost, your teenager, your 12-year-old kid got lost, would the first place you thought to look would be the church? Mary and Joseph, they're frantic. They're looking everywhere for him, and they cannot find him anywhere. And they find him among the teachers of the law, among the pastors, among the worshipers. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents did not know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantically searching for you everywhere. And let's pause right here. Notice that Mary and Joseph in this moment, they're disappointed. Many of us know, and we've come to understand, that if we are going to faithfully live lives that are obedient to God, sometimes that requires us to make decisions that are going to disappoint those individuals that are closest to us. So if you have to make a decision of disappointing your mom or being faithful and obedient to God, disappoint your mom. If you have to look at your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your fiance and say, hey, in this moment, God's word is, is clear, his instruction is true. And, and I know that it's going to be difficult and I know that this is something you don't want to hear, but I, I, I got to choose faithfulness and obedience over your preferences and your desires and your ask. If you have to choose to disappoint your boyfriend or your girlfriend over God, disappoint your boyfriend, your girlfriend, disappoint your spouse, disappoint your friends, your colleagues, your parents, your children. Why? Because God, he is worth it. And he is wise and he is good and his words, they are true. Continuing to read, but why did you not search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Now Mary, when she's speaking to Jesus in this moment, she asks the question, don't you know that your father, lowercase f, Joseph, we've been looking for you frantically everywhere. We are so worried about you. And what does Jesus say in response? Where else would I be? but in my Father's, capital F, his house. Could it be in this moment that Jesus is 
having this epiphany. You see, I believe that many of us believe that Jesus lying in a manger, he knew in that moment that he was the son of God, that he knew in that moment everything that he would do and how it would be. But you see, what we oftentimes neglect is that, yes, Jesus, even as a baby, he was fully God, he was also fully human. Meaning that in his deity, in his being fully God, he withheld from the humanity side of his being. As they coexisted in this baby, as they coexisted in this child, knowledge, for not even the son of man knows the day or the hour. Meaning that Jesus, over this 10,500 days, grew in the awareness of his calling, grew in the awareness of his purpose. And we know that as we continue to read, but they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. And this is what I want us to go after this morning. And Jesus, Jesus grew He developed, he became, he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with all people. Meaning that Jesus, like each and every one of us, he had a choice. He had a step to take. If he was going to step into the life that the father had for him, He would have to choose faithful obedience. Why? So that he could grow in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with all people. So what does growing in wisdom look like? This does not mean intelligence. Even though this is a high virtue and a habit that many of us seek, and it likely should be, there has never been a time in all of history, in which information was more readily available to us. But when we see the word wisdom here, what it means is it's seeing and hearing and understanding with a kingdom perspective. It's having the mind and the heart of God. And this should be something that we pursue in 2021, growing like Christ did in wisdom of the Father's purpose and mission and plans and promises here on earth. It also says that Jesus grew in stature. And I thought about just passing through this because this simply means that he matured. He moved from being a boy to a man But then I thought, you know what? Let's take a little bit of time and let's press in on this because if you were like me, we run into and we interact with and we meet every day boys masquerading as men. Just because you can buy a beard or grow a beard does not make you a man. Just because you can father a child does not make you a man. So what makes a man? What separates a boy 
from a man. A boy is undependable, and a man, a man is reliable. A boy is selfish, a man is sacrificial. A boy makes excuses, a man is accountable. A boy acts tough, a man has the courage to be vulnerable. A boy runs away in the tension. A man, he stands his ground and he leans into the tension. A boy is demanding where a man is patient. A boy throws throws a fit when he doesn't get what he wants or what he believes he deserves. A man is self-controlled, even-tempered. A boy looks out for himself. A man takes responsibility for himself and for others. So how are we doing, men? Leaning into you in this moment. Some of you women, you may be thinking, I was duped. I married a boy that I thought was a man. And that's okay because it's probably not too awkward right now because he's probably not with you. He probably played Xbox too long last night and he's sleeping in. But women, we can help. We can encourage. We can hold a mirror up lovingly and help the men or the boys in our lives step into the life that God has for them. Scripture says that Jesus grew in favor with God and I struggled with this at first, because I thought, did God love him more in this moment? And then I thought about my own kids. And when my kids learned to ride a bike, I I didn't love them more. When they were potty trained, I kind of loved them more, but not really, I just liked them a lot more when they were potty trained. What it means is that Jesus was making choices, taking steps that pleased the Father. He was choosing to honor God in word and in deed. Every step he took, every word he spoke, every action that was made was made in the light of how is this bringing honor to God. And God found favor with that. And he blessed him because of that. And then it says that he grew in favor with all people. And simply this means that he grew in his influence, not his popularity. He didn't have more likes or more followers. He was consistent. His private life was exactly the same as his public life. He had a virtuous character. James Clear tells us, he identifies, he pulls back the veil of how we can grow in favor with man, favor with God, how we can grow in stature, how we can grow in wisdom. When he writes, it's a very small shift in direction. You see, it can lead to a meaningful change in destination. Clear goes on to give an illustration that says, let's suppose that a 
that a plane departed from LAX in Los Angeles. And he was heading to New York, JFK. But he got off course. His heading changed just 3.5 degrees, about 18 inches. Well, after about 300 miles, that plane would be somewhere over Washington, D.C. Why? Because small decisions, small changes in direction, over time and over distance, adds up. It makes a difference. You see, most of us in this room, most of you are like me, and you want to instantly become the person that you believe God wants you to be, the husband that you believe your wife deserves, the dad, the mom that you believe your children desire and deserve. And we make this commitment, or we even go to the altar and we say, from this moment on, think everything's gonna change, or things are gonna be different. We say we're no longer gonna struggle with addiction or with thoughts or with behaviors. But then we wake up and, and we do, or we fall short of a promise that we made ourselves or someone else. And what scripture is reminding us of today and what I want to encourage you is that it's the small, consistent steps that matter over distance and over time. It's not something that's going to happen instantly. For you and I, for us to step into the life that God has for us, it's one step at a time, one day at a time, and the days, they add up. And the days become weeks, and the weeks become months, and months become years. 10,500 days set Jesus up to faithfully fulfill the 1,000 days that he was called to here on earth. Days, decisions, actions, they matter. So here are some questions that I want you to wrestle with this week. If you have a pen, I'll encourage you to write them down. If not, take your phones out and just take a picture of the screens. And I just ask that you reflect over them and maybe they will be some help for you this week. The first question is, in growing in wisdom, did I ask for wisdom today? James chapter one, verse five says, hey, if you, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. The second question, did I listen to wise counsel? If you wanna be wise, surround yourself with wise people, not people full of drama, not the unwise, the people that are living lives full of regret, bad decisions, missteps, but wise people. Luke chapter two about Jesus said that he was sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. The third question, who did I spend my time with today? Proverbs 13 verse 20 Walk with the wise, and you will become wise. 
associate with fools and get in trouble. And I know this is true because I went through middle school and high school living with fools. I was foolish myself. And you can choose ultimately your destination and the decisions can be influenced by the company you keep. Everybody who has a mom or a dad has heard them say, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. They didn't come up with that. They stole it from scripture. Next question. Have I been a good steward of God's resources today? Hebrews tell us, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. What sin in my life do I need to repent of today? Romans tells us, those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Do I need to reconcile with someone today? Why put off today? Why wait? Maybe you need to pick up the phone Maybe you need to get in the car and drive and have that uncomfortable conversation. Romans 12 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone. Not the people that think like you, that look like you, that align politically with you, but with everyone. And who did I encourage today? Your words Build worlds. You have the power to bring light and darkness. You have the power to bring life, to bring death. First Thessalonians says, encourage one another and build each other up. And what does it look like? What does love look like today? What does it look like for you to express the heart and the purpose of Jesus Christ today. And the last question. Jesus, who are you giving me to love? James Clear, he writes in his book, Atomic Habits, he unpacks this understanding of habit stacking. And what he does is he indicates that we all have habits that we live by, that we all have routines and patterns and rhythms. And if we can associate that with another habit that is wise and healthy and good, that we have more potential of sticking to it, sticking with it. So for me, I put this into practice. And every morning I wake up and the first thing I do is, is I brew a cup of coffee or I make an espresso, which usually takes about three to five minutes to do all of this. And while I'm doing that, I, I'm just praying, God, Make me alert, make me aware of the people that you are putting in my path today, the opportunities that I will have today to faithfully represent your kingdom and your purposes and your plans. Every day when I, I drive to work, I've just put on this, from this Dwell app, scripture, and it reads it to me. That way I can drive, I can multitask. Why? Because I drive to work every day. So I'm just stacking on another habit to it. I have a routine of taking a shower before I go to bed. So while I'm there, I, I reflect over my day. 
And I ask God, is there anything in my life that I need to repent of, any forgiveness that I need to seek? Did I wrong anybody? Were my words used and spent wisely? Which is why I ran out of the hot water, you know, and take incredibly long showers. James Clear writes it this way. One of the best ways to build a new habit is to identify a current habit you already have that you do each day and then stack your new behavior on top of it. This is called habit stacking. So this week, what are the rhythms that you already have in place that maybe you can add something to? What is a step, a positive step in the right direction that you can take? How can you be a better representative of Christ, his purposes, his plans, his love here on earth? How can you grow in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and in favor with people? We all have a work to do, so let's get busy. Let's pray together. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, for your presence here and now. Father, we ask now that you will come and you will reveal in our hearts and in our lives steps that we can faithfully take to become more like you. Father, we want to represent your kingdom, purposes, plans, and promises well. So Father, we understand that this is not an instant thing that takes place, that it is an obedience, it takes time, but over time and distance, may we become more like you. It is in your strong, precious, and sufficient name we pray. And all God's people say, amen. Would you stand to your feet as we worship together? Thanks for listening to the Mount Zion Wesleyan Church podcast. We hope this message has inspired you to take a next step in your walk with Jesus. For more messages or to watch our full worship gathering on demand, visit us online at mountzionwesleyan.com.